Hey, 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 it's Red Summer. And it's Hanifa Walida. And we are your gay aunties. Hey, babies. Welcome to another week of us. Yes, another week of us. (laughs) (sighs) Well, first of all, how you doing, girl? I'm good. You know, we're recording a little early, so I still have my lovely morning voice. (laughs) (laughs) Girl, it's it's 10 o'clock in the morning. It ain't that early. I know. 10 o'clock on a Sunday, which was my only day to sleep in. Oh. And I woke up like, ah! <laughs> <laughs> Baby was like, y'all not recording today? <laughs> yeah, yeah. It, it, it took me a bit to get out of bed, uh, too. And I'm usually an early riser, but um, mm-hmm. I I just came back from Cincinnati for Cincinnati Pride. And yes, uh, yes, I want to give a big shout out to all the beautiful people out in Cincinnati that um, embraced me and my art um, and my film. Um, And I guess it just I just had a really great time, except for one little incident um, where I just I was having such a great time. I said, I'm gonna go out jogging like I was feeling good, like get so much Mm. love. It was a beautiful day, you know, and so I go out uh, jogging. (sighs) And I, I trip over some something, some invisible thing in the road. <laughs> oh. And and with such momentum, where I was like, "Damn, I'm so going down. I'm so going down." And to, what's your first thought? Protect the face. Protect the face, yeah. right? <laughs> and yeah, I protect the face, but the rest of my body took the brunt of it. So mm-hmm. I'm I'm still really feeling it. Like you know how you feel like even when you're in like a little car accident, how you just like wipe right. the fuck out. Yeah. So that's how I'm. I'm Dealing with that this Sunday morning. Oh, I'm sorry to hear that. Me too, girl. Because it's it's harder to jump back. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know Over the, the slightest little bump or tumble. I know. I'm like, oh <laughs> God, I can't. You know, there was a time where I could, I could, you know, bust my ass, jump back up, and head jump to the club that night. <laughs> jump and jog it out. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Jump and jog it out. Right. Now, I did jump back up because that's just vanity, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, and it was hella embarrassing, but, and this woman helped me up, actually, mm-hmm. and, but I didn't jog it off. I, I walked, I waddled my ass, you know. Um, to the park bench. <laughs> <laughs> I actually, it was a bus stop bench where I acted like okay. I was waiting for the bus. <laughs> <laughs> you know well, what I'm saying? Bus came and went. Nah, I ain't getting on. I'm good. Nah, I'm just I'm sitting good. here. <laughs> Even worse to get on the bus. <laughs> I know, I know, I know. Which way so, you going? I'm gonna go that way. <laughs> so not good. So not good. But um, yeah. But I had a wonderful time. Um, you people good. played. How was the, in, yeah, the screening. The screening. Yeah, the, the screening was wonderful. It was at the uh, Esquire Theater, um, in Cincinnati, and it was presented by Black Alphabet um, Film Festival, which is uh, connected to the Black uh, Pride in Cincinnati. Mm-hmm. But, you know, Cincinnati Black Pride. And um, so it was a cute little theater and it was well attended. And, you know, and, and I always love when, and I would say, well, both boys and girls were there, or both men and women, I should say, mm-hmm. within the, the queer spectrum were there. But I would say there were more men than not, which I actually appreciate. 
mm-hmm. because um, and we're going to start talking about you people a little bit more um, because I, I know a lot of you don't know what you people um, is, but that's a film that um, I uh, produced and directed and um, Red was a part of. Um, it's a documentary, rather, um, um, about us. Uh, and we'll talk about it more, but the, the fact is that because the film mostly uh, features gay women, straight women, uh, trans men, uh, yeah, that's pretty much it, Bi- yeah. bisexuals, I guess, you know, the spectrum, but for most most part, women and trans men, that, you know, I when, I, and when first screening the film, when it first came out, I always had, like, a difficult time getting brothers to roll through. It was like, yo, we support y'all shit. What's good? Uh-huh. You know what I'm saying? You know, yeah. um, and it's something that used to always itch me, you know, like, come on, y'all. Like, that's just, I don't know what to say, but that's just fucked up. But um, but when on the occasion where uh, gay men would show up or I don't know, whoever like might've brought me to screen a film was more so a part of the black uh, gay uh, community. And so more boys came out because via that person, Mm-hmm. It's always beautiful because you know they're like, oh, y'all think like us? I'm like, come on mm-hmm. now, let's not. They say it jokingly, but but it just shows how our communities are so separate in a particular way, you know, um, and that we need to make more of an effort to see each other's stuff, to support each other, and not for nothing, experience each other, and not get kind of caught, get caught up in our little silos. Like, I just like to hang with those who look like me and fuck like me. You know what I mean? So, yeah. So anyway, so it was really great to have the boys um, out and they were so warm and they really loved the film and and they just gave excellent, like, you know, what they got from the film, you know, they asked great questions and all of that. So I, again, I want to thank Cincinnati Black Pride and, uh, and, and, and the Black Alphabet Film Festival for bringing me out. And my homeboy Timon West, um, who's my I, I ride it, yeah, exactly. We go back some, sometime, sometime. You know, I say we was doing queer hip hop before that was actually a thing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, um, so I just really appreciate him for um, inviting me. You know, nice. um, yeah, yeah. And can you know. I throw in something since yes. you're was that? I was um, listening to the radio um, the like the last couple of days. And I have noticed that there are a couple of songs that are out, like in regular rotation, of lesbians like singing the girls. First of all, you listen to the radio, but I, yeah. So I like um, not the the like yeah, whatever. Radio, yeah, 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 but yeah, yeah. You know what I'm saying? What is it? Yeah, uh, yeah. Satellite radio. Yeah, whatever. Huh? So wow, and, really? Yeah. So one of them, I caught the the name, wait, actually, I didn't catch the name, but it had um, Black with the one with the six, and uh, mm-hmm. another, there was yeah. a girl on the song, and she's, like, singing to another girl. Yes. And then, <laughs> and I know, um, oh, my God, the internet, mm-hmm. like, that was a thing for a second. People were like, oh, are, are we letting this happen? Like, this is a thing now? And now there's two songs that are out now. Do you and know the name of them? Off chance? I'm gonna find them. I'm gonna find them. I know. Okay, this, well, well, you um, find them, and we'll post them to the uh, to uh, your gay aunties. Yeah, but oh. just like I'm hearing the lyrics, and I'm like, wait, did she say she? Like, <laughs> is this happening? Is this a thing? Oh my god! Like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh my gosh. I, I mean, well, that's beautiful. I mean, come more with it, please. Right. You know what I'm saying? Come more with it. <laughs> mm-hmm. So. 
So we was talking, and we want to introduce a new part of the show that we're going to attempt to continue on called, um, what I said, what we say we're going to call it? Uh, Y'all ain't see that coming. <laughs> oh, yeah, 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 yeah. So that comment, that's what, yeah. We said. <laughs> <laughs> so, the, so, so, the, so this new segment, um, before we get into our letter for today, um, yeah, this is called, so that coming. And that basically, basically is, you know, you know, as we're on the, you know, internet browsing around social media, it's always, every now and then we run, well, more often than not now, run into stories or posts where younger generations are realizing things that we're like, mm-hmm, well, welcome to the club. Or, mm-hmm. you know, you know, as you get older, you have different realizations or, you know, or even like, you know, um, you don't see nothing till you see it. But someone yeah. older than you was like, I mm, saw that coming, but, you know, you don't listen to me. <laughs> <laughs> and sometimes they're just quirky stories, you know, whatever, just us kikiing on y'all, right? Um, so I I was, what was I listening to? Um, I think it was some random podcast, whatever. The podcast is, is, is irrelevant, but the, um, they, they said this, they was talking about the story that I just had to look up because I just couldn't believe it. But then I was like, oh, that makes sense. <laughs> Mm. Saw that coming. Right. (laughs) So it seems like there was a 2018 study that the the BBC and the Washington Post kind of picked up on um, from the Journal Scientific Reports or whatever, where they are noticing this spike in people in the ages of 18 to 30, right, where they are starting to grow these bone spurs on the lower back of their skull. Now, we naturally have like a little, you know, and they look like horns. They start to look like horns, right? <laughs> so we, we all of us have that little nub in the base of our skull. But they say, that, you know, what's happening or what they theorize what's happening is that this is a generation that they are constantly, more often than any generation bef- uh, before them, looking, the posture is looking down at the phone 24-7, 365. Oh, wow. And and now, mind you, they've gotten some pushback. People like, you know, they've seen this in surgeons because surgeons have spent hours looking down. Mm -hmm. You know, so it's like if you're continually in this posture, this bone spur is going to start growing because it's trying to compensate in supporting your head. That's part of, yeah, that's part of what it's there (laughs) for, right? Like a counterweight almost. (laughs) Like, (laughs) (laughs) and so, and so these children is growing horns in the back of their (laughs) head. I am absolutely flabbergasted. Now, I'm reading this from the New York Times, y'all. I'm right. reading this from the New York Times. <laughs> no, I'm looking at the Washington Post. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, okay, okay. Now, they, now they are kind of like part, you know, this definitely pushed by people like kind of poo-pooing. Like first, one of one, one is not so much of a big deal. You know, mm-hmm. um, like it's not going to affect your health, you know, well, we don't know that, but, <laughs> but they, they say it shouldn't affect your health and nothing like that. But I just found, you know, as much as I think our generation or even our parents' generation are kind of poo-pooing the whole phone generation, like y'all can, y'all just detach yourself for one second from that fucking phone, yeah. you know, type of thing. And I actually posted something on your gay aunties where there was these 40 plus women who have this double dutch group and they had made a quick comment yes. like, y'all don't play no more. All y'all do is play on that phone, but y'all don't literally use your bodies and like interact with other human beings and just have fun, fun, like old fashioned fun, fun. Right. Yeah. Um, and so, you know, so when I saw this article, I was like, well, there you go. <laughs> right. I saw somebody had posted a thread and was like, 
how come people born in the 80s or whatever have so many scars on their knees? It was like, because we played outside. And like, we, we played hard. In the morning. <laughs> <laughs> we came home at night. <laughs> Being in the house is not something we wanted to do. We didn't yeah. want to be in the house. I remember like but the shit that we used to put us out in the morning. It was like, go outside and play. <laughs> right. Get the fuck out of here. Bye. <laughs> you know, they get put like, go, can you go? Can you go outside, go outside, go outside, go outside. Yes. Right. <laughs> you know, and I and you call your people so like, yo, meet me in so and so, so and then you like you and your little crew will meet up mm -hmm. and do your and do your do your dirtiness, your your little kid yes. dirtiness. And and also I think that I there was this level of fearlessness. Yes. So listen, I'm I'm from Yonkers. I grew up in Yonkers, New York, right? And Yonkers, you know, is like the Bronx, where you know, when they say you know you're going up a hill in the, uh, the Bronx, make a U-turn, you're still going up a hill, <laughs> right? So I, I I was raised around a lot of hills, and there was this one hill in my apartment complex where we would take our bikes, and the hill, like the hill, the length of the hill was about a solid block. It was a long, mm. steep hill. We used to take our and then. We used to take our bikes and go down full speed. And then at the bottom of the hill was a sharp-ass turn. Now, any rational adult be like, ooh, maybe you should slow down, honey. But we yeah. wanted to speed up and see who can actually make that turn. A lot right. of us didn't make that turn. Many. <laughs> that turn. <laughs> you know, there was this other hill for my Yonkers people out there, Locust Hill in Yonkers. When it snowed and that shit became ice. Mm. Oh, so where the garbage bags at? Let's go down. Right. And, and the, when Locust Hill ended, it ended in the street. So you had to go full speed and stop before you went in the street. Not all of us was able to stop. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah. it was fun. It was fun. Nobody got killed. You got fucked up. You got scars. But it was just that, like, adventure. Like, you know, especially as poor kids, you know, we don't get to go to the, to the to Lake Tahoe or whatever rich right, kids right. go to to have adventure. <laughs> <laughs> We yeah. go. We gonna make some adventure, and we're going to be daring and thrilling. And because when, when you're a kid, here's the thing: when you're a kid, um, until you're a young adult, you really feel your invincibility. You don't understand death and peril. Yeah. <laughs> so to be able to explore that invincibility in a very physical way, I think shaped our particular generation. Mm -hmm. You know, and that was was not taken away, but wasn't offered really. Yeah. To like say the millennial and the Gen I generation because of well, because one, of technology. They have to have uh, knee pads and helmet mm. and elbow pad. Like they were so heavily insulated from mm. injury. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> <laughs> and, like I even noticed that the other day. I was like, remember back when dogs used to have a collar on their neck? <laughs> even dogs today are like heavily insulated. Insulated. All over their body it's like no like it's yeah. yeah it's a level of protection that we were not afforded okay we mm -hmm. sat in the back part of that um the station wagon if you stop hard we flew to the front right. <laughs> the time of no seat belts yeah, baby seats baby sat in your lap bitch yeah baby sat, <laughs> sat in the middle her. Yeah, yeah, exactly. In you know, and if the car stopped short, you had two arms on either side, like. Yeah, that's why you know, elders still hold their arm out a little bit when you stop to. Exactly, it's like a, it's like instinctual, even yeah. though they ain't gonna do shit, but it's instinctual. It's not gonna do anything, but that was what you had. <laughs> so, okay. Yeah. 
okay. So so we just want y'all to be careful. Just or rather just be mindful. You know, maybe this don't even mean nothing. Maybe, you know, this is just a something about human evolution, you know, technology. I mean, look, the wheel is technology. So mm-hmm. it's changing our lives, it's changing our bodies, it's changing the way we think, the way we approach things. And I don't wanna be overcritical of that. I'm more curious to the evolution of humanity through humanity's technology, mm-hmm. you know? But I think we also should be mindful of the things that we're given and the things that are taken away um, through technology and try maybe find a, a balance. So that balance can simply be, as y'all millennials are having babies, kick them out the house and tell them to go play. Go outside yeah. and play. Don't give them a video game until they're maybe adolescents. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. I can't tell you how to raise your kids, but they need to get solid time outside, away from you. Let them get in trouble. Like, I mean, like, you know, little kid trouble. (laughs) You know what I mean? Um, Anyway, so I I just wanted to bring that up. That is Um, very interesting. mm -hmm. I'm going to look more at it because I did see like uh, two confirming and one conflicting (laughs) story. I want to see how this plays out. Exactly. All right. So one more thing I just wanted to bring up on um, Saw That Coming um, was uh, The Shave Room just posted this thing of how the new um, the new uh, uh, NBA draftees who are, mind you, like young 20s, some of them real, you know, some of them, mm-hmm. you know, finished college or whatever. And they showed them pictures of like Destiny's Child and Outcast, and they didn't know who the hell they was. <gasps> they didn't know what? none of the 90s um, groups. Like, literally, like, uh, they was guessing, like, who are you, the Cheetah Girls? I'm like, who the fuck are the Cheetah Girls? Anyway, like, (laughs) no, honey, that's Destiny's Child, honey. What are you talking about? And the first, my first thought was like, I saw that coming. And it's like, Mm -hmm. listen, one thing that will never stop is time. Yeah. So, and you have your time when you 20 something and you the shit and all the people don't know what the fuck is going on, blah, blah, blah. You know, you are the trendsetters. You're all this, that, and the third. But I'm telling you, it takes no more than 10 years for all that to come to a dead stop. Mm-hmm. And all of a sudden, you don't know the songs that are on the radio. Like, what the hell is this yeah. shit? Right. You know, right? <laughs> you know and, and younger people, 10 years younger, you're like, um, who's Destiny Child? Um, who's Outkast? And you're like, Little nigga, get away from me, you know? Mm-hmm. And that's how we felt as Gen X's where, when you know when I started feeling that girl? When mm-hmm. millennials started referring to old school hip hop as the 90s. I said, y'all need to get the fuck away from me. <laughs> <laughs> okay, especially as someone who was raised in New York at a certain yeah. time. I said, y'all need to get far away from me. I don't want to hear none of that. Like I enjoyed hip hop from the 90s, but that for me wasn't the golden era for that. Wasn't me, that was no foundational hip hop. <laughs> you know what I mean? So, so it happens to all of us, but you can't tell no one younger than that because when you're young, you have a right to be young and be oblivious and say, fuck all that. This is a now. This is it. This is what's up. Yeah. But time keep on moving, homie. <laughs> Definitely. Now, there was um, one time where my son was, um, that we were playing Outcast in the car and he hadn't heard it, but he's like, he's 12 at this point, 11. And so we were like, okay, like you need to get your outcast life together. Like we started making sure that like he knew what he should know. Like you can't be going in the world talking about you know music and you don't know no outcast. Right. It's because as we've said, like music is now personal. Mm-hmm. People aren't listening to music together. You're not listening to music with your parents and the blah blah blah. You got on your own device, like in your mm-hmm. own little music world. So let's start sharing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> let's 
start sharing with each other. Let's do some some car rides and and, and bump um <laughs> different stations. Let's see what we and we you know seriously we need to know what's going on in this new music too. Like, oh, know, oh no, no! I do my due like diligence it. now. <laughs> you know, no, seriously, seriously. I like my Spotify, like playlists, and or rather, um, the way I set up my Spotify to curate for me. I mm. want to know what's up and what's new. Yeah. You know what I mean? Because I, I ain't never been that kind of older person. It's like, oh, all that shit is bullshit. I don't know what they saying or they mumbling or they. Blah, blah. Nah, 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 nah. I'm an artist. Mm-hmm. I know the journey of an artist. So when like when Amigos first came out, at first I was like, eh, eh. but then I saw their growth. I saw what I saw what they're trying to do as art. Forget about their personal lives and all that. But I'm talking about what they're doing as artists. I was like, oh, I see. Oh, I hear. Oh, y'all ramen in thirds. So I'm like, okay, I get it. And then I could appreciate it, you know. And then I just go down. I go down the rabbit hole all the time with young music. Now I do have a tolerance. There mm. was some. I was like, I'm sorry. Then I'm just gonna have to chuck it off to age because I not only do I either not understand what you're saying, I just can't fuck with y'all. Yeah. I can't. I said, this is too ignorant. This is too ignorant. And I can listen to some ignorant, ratchet shit, but this is over the top. Like, y'all ain't even making a half a complete sentence. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Y'all, I mean, the diction, diction has, that's the one thing I think is the, the, the difference between, say, our generation and Gen I. I'm not even going to put this on. I'm going to skip over millennials. Diction has gone out the windows. I was raised on diction, hip hop. That means I understand uh, niggas enunciated. <laughs> Because they wanted you to understand every fucking word, and it was about how they came out shoot at you, the tone, even Buster Rhymes, who rhymes a million miles per hour. You understand every single word he's saying. Half of y'all is rhyming two miles per hour, not whatever. You know what I mean? Y'all ain't rhyming. Y'all rhyming. (laughs) (laughs) You know? You just made me realize, too. Southern hip hop mm. is predominant. Oh yes, they took over. God bless right. them. But but because of that, you got a lot of people who that's how they really speak. <laughs> and so then you try to get them like they normally speak in a a mumbled <laughs> manner, and then you get them on a track or something and they're mumbling even more so dude there were times i'm in a, i'm here living in atlanta and people are talking to me and i'm like i feel like i'm in france and i'm listening really hard to understand what the fuck you saying yeah i feel like i'm listening to in a different and, and, and that's a beautiful i'm not even dissing it i'm saying like mm-hmm. really for someone who wasn't raised around the southern dialect yeah and there's so many southern dialects it ain't like just one monolithic southern dialect <laughs> you yeah. know and so I didn't, that's something I didn't really think about when moving down here that, cause I'm like, well, it's still English. I'm understanding what they saying, but something I'm like, honey, can you just slow down a little bit? I'm, I'm, I didn't catch every word, Yeah. you know, like I didn't, I didn't catch enough words to understand what you're trying to relay to me. And I, and mm-hmm. I'll laugh at all. Like, listen, I'm a New Yorker. I don't understand all the time. And I'll, you know, cause I don't want nobody to think that they don't sound, they ain't talking right. Cause that's not, it's not about talking right. It's just that it's a dialect that my ears aren't attuned to. So I'd be like, what? But now, but this dialect, like you said, is predominant in hip hop. <sighs> well, there yeah, it is. <laughs> yeah, well, there, well, there it is. You know, you know what I'm saying. Anyway, so that's you know, saw that coming. <laughs> right. <laughs> Enjoy getting older, my millennial children. Enjoy getting older. It's a beautiful and thing. Don't worry too. about it. That deep, huh? Right. You too will be like, what? <laughs> what are they saying? <laughs> <laughs> Look at the head hurt. I can't hear it all. <laughs> 
words, son. Use your you words. <laughs> Was that a sentence? Right. <laughs> that a I sentence? didn't hear no punctuation in that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, God bless. So, you know, um, you know, we got to let young people do their thing. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? Um, I mean, unfortunately, people are doing their thing in public now. Everybody see you do your thing, and, you know, getting rich and crashing your cars and fucking up and getting oh, rich and yeah. shooting and go. Yeah, like you like you doing the young dumb shit, which we all have a right to do at that age. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Some of us are dumber than others, but <laughs> yeah. but that's the age you do mess up, you know, and money makes it worse and blah, 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 and the social media puts it on blast. But I, I hope that that... that doesn't promote to whoever the generation is after those who are like 18, 20 right now. So when they get in their thirties, this generation is going to be coming of age. Mm -hmm. You know, what are we, what examples? Oh God, she's not really, I'm sounding old, but, (laughs) but, but we are an example to, I mean, all they have to look at is us. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? Babies imitate their mothers, imitate their fathers when they are learning how to talk. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's just natural, nothing wrong with that, but I'm just, Hope that we can. I don't know what we are hoping, actually. <laughs> <laughs> I think at this point, I'm just observing. I'm like, mm-hmm, well, yeah. this is what we're going to do. Okay. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I know by the time, like, I, you know, made it to my 20s, mid 20s, my grandmother did not have any advice. She just said, oh, okay. <laughs> she was just observing. <laughs> And I think maybe that's what happens, like, with older people. And we like, why aren't y'all in the fight? It's like, you know what, nigga? I've seen this. Mm. And it's like, I'll help in the way that I can, but I don't know if I have the wherewithal <laughs> to, participate. To, re- to participate in this. Yes. You know what I mean? Like, I'm just going to observe and take notes. Mm-hmm. And if you happen to ask my opinion, I'll let you know. Right. And only but, then. And only then. <laughs> Meanwhile, I'm about heading out the door. Mm-hmm. Good luck. <laughs> good luck. We fought the good fight during our time. This is yeah. the baton is passed to you. I hope we gave you something. If we didn't give you what you needed, we're sorry. We we're only human. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and, and when we were trying to give it to you, we were young and what? Dumb. So we didn't know what to give. <laughs> We didn't know what to mean, so here you go. <laughs> anyway, anyway, um, speaking of the children, you want to roll into this letter? Yes. So we have a letter called Letter. <laughs> <laughs> um, and we are not using their name. So, okay, so we'll call her. We can uh, call her. Uh, um, God, we're so bad with names. We should just get a whole. We should, we should, we should like get just a bucket of names. We just take from right. It. Just pull a name. Um, <laughs> um Maggie. Oh, Charles, the whitest. I just okay. looked over and said Magnus. So I was like, all right, Maggie. All right, Maggie. The Maggie it is. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, who, who read the last letter? You know, I don't know. You can read. It's, it's not a long one, so. No, this one is short. Hey, gay aunties. I love the show and appreciate the hell out of both of you both. Um, have y'all done a breakup episode yet? We always talk about being honest in relationships and such, but I need some words on how to best break up with a partner 
or partners for my poly ass generation. (laughs) (laughs) How have your strategies changed over the years? I'm 26 and I haven't had many partners to break up with. They've all ended horribly, but still I'd say I'm the non petty type of person who works to remain friends with my partners. Mm. Yes, yes, I know. We all try that from time to time. (laughs) I may be overthinking it. Um, I may be overthinking it all, but I feel unprepared moving forward with dating relationships without some clarity. Thank y'all. It's an interesting thing that Maggie uh, said. Uh, I feel unprepared moving forward. So upon moving forward, you want to know how to break up. (laughs) (laughs) No, because I know what's coming. (laughs) I'm looking for my next ex-girlfriend, right? (laughs) So I think that, um, one, first, thank you for the letter. We really appreciate it. We have letters. Um, I have had, I traditionally had very... Um, loving breakups where we did remain friends for a long time. Like I was definitely one of those persons who came into a relationship with like all of my ex besties. Like we're a package deal. Don't you love us all? Aren't we great? I've since stopped that. <laughs> I have. Um, thankfully, like for moving around, I, you know, they're just. Faces on social media at this point. Um, and I didn't have to bring, you know, dredge all of that into my marriage, which mm. was great. <laughs> now, I never heard of that. We're saying, oh, I come with a package. Oh, I'm your ex-besties. I'm like, yeah, oh, no, definitely. <laughs> that's intimidating as fuck. <laughs> Someone new. <laughs> like, so I got to navigate you and your besties. Right. Your ex-besties, your, your besties who were your exes. Right. Definitely. Y'all and, just ain't cordial. Like, y'all, they fully in your life like that. And had an attitude if you wasn't with it. Like, what is your problem? <laughs> We're lesbians. This is how it works. Like, no, everybody doesn't do this. I was very upset to find that I was not going to be able to drag all of the exes into my new relationship. <laughs> but speaking of the, the breakups, like, my, I think I've talked about this before. My first girlfriend was very, very big on communication. <sighs> <laughs> and so, like, we talked out the breakup as much as we talked out the relationship. Like, we, Damn. Yeah, we, like, processed it. We, we strategized. We did all of these things to prepare for the breakup experience. Um, and so that's what I understood going forward. Now, before that, I was definitely a ghoster. <laughs> like, yeah, we, yeah, you we, was hardcore. I was like, mm. <laughs> <laughs> and I think like when I would call you all, especially my New York people, they'd be like, okay, who is she now? <laughs> Like inviting you to the party, like you don't know who you're gonna roll in with, y'all. Yeah, don't expect it to <laughs> don't, be the, the same last as one. the last. <laughs> exactly. It was just a phase, okay. <laughs> but um, I think even then, like even when I was 
was in my what do you call it the um revolving door phase <laughs> like i was i was very open like you know maybe this will work maybe it will not but let me tell you what we're not going to do <laughs> like how we're not going to treat each other like we came together because we saw beautiful things in each other those beautiful things do not cease to exist because we sever the relationship um and so i just I thought that it was best to to keep that um, going and to just honor that, like, I do love these people, like, especially early in being a lesbian. It, when I came to uh, to New York <laughs> to do you people, I was like, oh, my God, I met like the 20 new best friends of my life. Like, they're all beautiful and wonderful and talented. <laughs> like, I love everybody. I'm so happy. Right. <laughs> I was like, definitely like at that point, curating my community. And so I didn't let people slip away just because like the relationship changed. Now, I mean, I appreciate, you know, you saying that you came in with this intention to curate your community, which includes your current and ex-girlfriend. So from the jump, it's like this may or may not work out, but no matter what, let's, you know, this is what I'm hearing from you. Mm -hmm. <laughs> you know, let's appreciate what we can create in the time. And, you know, maybe it'll continue on. Hey, who knows? But, yeah. you know, Let's be present. And if it doesn't, there's really no reason why we should not still be friends. Yeah. And, and, and and theoretically, that makes great sense. Mm -hmm. Theoretically. Mm -hmm. <laughs> you know what I mean? And and I, I know I always come into the relationship, too, with like, gosh, if this doesn't work out, I... I mean, it's, it's really a far thought, but it's kind of a default thought. Like, I don't like... I don't like nasty... No one likes nasty relation, uh, breakups. Yeah. No one likes the kind of breakups where you don't want to see a bitch. You don't want, like, you you know, get a um, straining order on somebody. Mm -hmm. <laughs> like, you want distance. Like, don't call me. Don't talk to me. Don't be around my friends. Don't don't be around me. Like, don't come in my space, you know. Yeah. Or it's just nasty. It's hurtful. It's scary. Like, you know, any sort of confrontation. So... Me, uh, um, I didn't have it like you. Um, I am a Libra. I'm a big romantic. So when I fall, I fall deep and I have dreams and I imagine and I'm always for this is going to work by any hook or crook. Mm. And unfortunately with me, um, and this is kind of going towards uh, Maggie's question, is that I would put off the conversations until they couldn't be put off no more. And not just me, but the other person as well sometimes. Or, you know, my relationships were more about me learning how to communicate. Because <laughs> I would have girlfriends that were better communicators than me, and I would resist it sometimes, because I just wanted to stay in la-la land. So yeah. I'm saying this to say that, you know, the breakup should be more informed than the getting together, if that makes any sense. Like, mm. you should, you should, you're, you're oh, how, how am I, what am I trying to say? Um, I, you know how we, we talk about, you know, the red flags, the red flags, and we kind of talk about red flags and the thing, what's good for you. Like, if you see red flagging someone, maybe that's not the right person for you. Be careful about that. Maybe it's like, mm, red flag, fuck that type mm -hmm. of thing. Um, but, also ignoring the communicative red flags or the lack of communication um, where if you guys don't begin a practice of communication from the beginning, then you're going to be ill prepared to break up or what happens. And when I mean communication, not even yeah. so much that you're, you're communicating badly, but not communicating at all. So right. it's like this silence. So a lot of times I've been in situations where we really should have broke up two years ago out of this four year relationship but yeah. we both want to try and maintain this idea 
of whatever we think we are, or you get complacent, you get comfortable, but you're not necessarily being fed in um, the relationship and the fear of addressing that. People take it personally, they feel like, oh, I'm not feeding you enough, or I'm not being fed enough, or, you know, and so that's where it gets a little unnerving and people fear experiencing that so they don't really talk about it. And then to the point where it gets so bad that when you do finally communicate, it's a blow up. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's a blow up and y'all just talking out your ass and just trying to be mean and protecting yourself by being mean to someone else. And Mm -hmm. you're not listening to where, you know, maybe your part in things or what have you. But if maybe we can start going into relationships knowing that everyone has a part in everything. You are not a perfect. You are so not perfect. Yeah. I'm sorry. You are you are not the catch that you think you are going Mm. into any relationship because you don't know who that other person is. You don't know how they're going to affect you and how they're going to make you grow and how they're going to change you and how they're going to challenge you. Mm -hmm. So when you go into a relationship thinking that you, you know, are just the shit or that person is the shit (laughs) and, (laughs) and you don't want to dismantle that idea of how you see yourself or how you see them, then you aren't going to talk as you should talk. You know, as a relationship grows, you know, you don't, you don't see when you start seeing those broken bits, you don't want to embrace those broken bits for just being the broken bits of any human being, you know, because you don't want to, you don't want it near you. Maybe, maybe, I don't know. So all these different reasons, but usually horrible relationships um, or rather horrible breakups happen because the communication was horrible to begin with. Even mm-hmm. when you're over communicative, you can be a bad communicator. Yeah. You know, yeah, true. The art of communication is is just that in art, and it it can't be taught in academia. And I'm sorry, I always backlash <laughs> academia. I don't think academia teaches communication. I'm sorry, they yeah. teach debate. They don't they don't teach communication. Mm. You know, so I I think that you have to be careful where you're learning communication from. Did you learn it from your parents? Did you learn it from your peers? Did you learn it from some institution? I don't know. You know, but you have to find out what communication is for you and what you seek in someone else to communicate. So when it does come time to the point where you realize that maybe you're not giving each other what each other needs, that you know that it's not about that person or just about you or whatever, that it's a shared experience, that there is a way out of it where you can say, wow, girl, you know what? That didn't work out for us, but mm-hmm. I love you. You know yeah. what I'm saying? Like, I, I got your back. You know, if you... You know, if you got in problems and you know me enough that you know what to call me for, then you call me if you got a problem. But it ain't about calling me to try and get back. It's like, right. no, we have a, we was able within that time we spent together to at least acknowledge each other as friends. Mm-hmm. And we'll get over the lover part. That will wane its way out of your life where you're yeah. not attracted to that person no more. It ain't like this some kind of, you know, you're still holding on to feelings. You got to fully escape that lover relationship. Mm-hmm. And what is left is what you gave to your actual friendship, if you gave anything at all, just right. saying. Because right. <laughs> you got to feed that part too so you have it when it's done. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know I mean? It can't be all, oh, this is my lover, this is my girl, this is, yeah, it's your girl, yeah, it's your, you know, it's your... but she really should be your your dog, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, <laughs> yeah, she really, so someone that you can, you know, not need to tiptoe over. That's really the thing, girl, is to tiptoe in. That tiptoeing is the easiest the easiest thing to resent in a relationship when you feel like you can't fully voice yourself. Well, you know, yeah. with your friends, you can voice whatever. Everything. Everything. Right. Mm-hmm. But with your lover, you tiptoe because you don't want to, because they're attached to something else and you don't want to lose that or you don't want to offend them or, 
you fear that they're going to react a certain way. We, you know, you don't want to push. Th- I don't know. It's, mm-hmm. it's, it's, it's... Well, there are different consequences with your mm-hmm. relationship than with your friendships, right? Mm-hmm. Um, your yeah. partner might take things a different way than your friends will. Your partner might be offended by things your friends won't be offended by. Um, if you say this to your friend, they don't have any emotional attachment to it. But if you mm. say the same thing to your partner, are they going to take it personally? Is it me? Is that how you really feel? Like there's all of those things that you might have to manage <laughs> or negotiate after that thing. So, you know, the tiptoeing comes from you not feeling confident to say those things, you know, to that person because of whatever that outcome might be. Um, it's interesting. You you said something earlier that made me think about it. Oh, um, there was uh, Maggie. I was just kind of pondering over one of her statements, especially with our poly sales, you know, our, our poly generation. Um, and when you were talking, I was thinking about like, yo, like how honest are we being? When you were saying like, we can, you know, over communicate or under communicate that thing. Um, have we really told the truth? through the relationship. When I think about my first like really bad breakup where like Sean won't talk to me ever at all. (laughs) (laughs) I wasn't honest. Mm -hmm. Like I was so worried about whatever the consequences of, you know, doing the tiptoe thing that I didn't really, um, I didn't tell the truth. Exactly. And so when I got to the breakup part, she felt completely blindsided. You know, um, because I haven't been communicating with her throughout the whole thing like I normally would have done. And it created a terrible situation. Exactly. <laughs> and even in poly relationships, which I think have a reputation of like really openness and honesty, like, you know, checking in with each other in the sense of like, is this good for you? Or, you know, because you are managing more than one relationship, you have to constantly communicate. But sometimes you can get caught up in the culture of communication, but it doesn't mean people are telling the truth. Yeah. We're still we're still coming in with our insecurities, mm-hmm. um, our neediness, you know, or not wanting to offend or or not not wanting to not offend, but upset our partner yeah. or partners, you know, um, uh, and because the act of talking is not necessarily communicating and the answers that people give you is not necessarily the truth. So what you do as partners, you learn to see the truth beyond words, but what that takes yeah. <laughs> is true, truly observing your partner, being present with your partner and yes, communicating through the communication. I know that's like, Oh child, how many communications are we going to Right. Especially especially with like, you know, with women, with, with, with rather with, with lesbian relationships, it's going to be like, oh, or even queer relationships in general, sometimes it's going to be like, oh, child, can we stop talking? Mm-hmm. But, <laughs> but, but I'm talking about, you know, I started recognizing, and the thing is, you kind of know when someone's not really revealing, you know, like they're, you look at body language, mm-hmm. you know, start seeing the, cons- I know this is maybe a bit much, but after a while, you know, when you feel like someone's not really giving you the truth, not yeah. trying to be deceptive, but they're not giving you all the answer that you really need to hear to better understand them. Then you have to kind of become your own. If you care for them or if you want to continue the relationship, you got to 
kind of become a little bit of a lover and detective, I don't know, and start understanding your part and all the signals that they're giving you. You know what I mean? Um, and that's different for everyone, so there really is no template to that. Mm -hmm. <laughs> but <laughs> but um, here's the other thing. Um, the uh, Damn, we went on a poly thing, and I was trying to hold it in my head. Um, oh, darn. Sorry, having an auntie moment. Um... Because she is saying, let me look at the things that I'll remember just looking at this. Um, ended horribly, but still I say, hey, friends. Oh, God, I'm sorry, Maggie. I so had this point that, um, if you got, you got another point, it'll come to me. I just, <laughs> just got to find it. Let me go back to, um, um, oh, what strategies? Yeah, this, uh, damn, it was a long strategy. I oh, God, I got to right things have how have your strategies changed over the years for me um oh goodness i was gonna say like not not preparing <laughs> because when i was dating there was a different expectation for breaking up than there is and being married mm. right and so um in dating, I could definitely be like, oh, my God, you chew your food on the left side of your mouth. I can't deal with this. Like, I have to go. <laughs> like, <laughs> oh, my God, I cannot take you. Like, at all, I'm out. <laughs> Whereas, you know, in this level of relationship that I am mostly like, oh, well, you're a left mouth chewer, too, huh? Hmm. Okay. <laughs> Guess this is something I'm going to have to get used to. <laughs> and when we get to those, like those things, like, so for, for my wife and I, we had the like non-negotiables conversation really, really early. Right. Mm. Um, and I think for her, because of her personality type, like she would kind of see like where I was in that, like, not that she was going to do it, but just, she needed to see like, like where my loyalty lies, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Where my lines are, like, you know, am I really about it, about it, right? <laughs> and so we would have these like really um, intense, like what if conversations and like all of this kind of stuff to really get to know each other, really figure out like where we were and, and what it was. Whereas I think I might not have uh, invested that much in a relationship that was just like, my homegirl, we kicking it, like, you know what I'm saying? We talking and all the levels of relationships that, that we have, like, okay, we talking, we um and now y'all don't even do the talking, y'all just we texting, we inboxing. Yeah. <laughs> right. <laughs> you have a whole relationship, haven't even seen each other in eight months, right? Um versus like we're dating oh. versus we're together, versus like we're we're partners, right? So there's these different levels of relationship that require different levels of investment and different levels of um, show upness, right? So like uh -huh. I am in this to the point that I am going to be this vulnerable or this open or this honest. Like we have had to like unpack with each other so many things so that we can understand each other. So like Hanif was saying, like when I see this behavior, like I get 
what it is as opposed to me just making up or imagining what it might be and making a judgment off of that and then being ready to be out, right? (laughs) So there's a different level of uh, investment that you have to get to uh, in order to be able to stay. Mm -hmm, (laughs) mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Exactly, exactly. You have to pass the point of um, just being into someone, you know, like you said, the la-la land part of the relationship to how much do I actually want to invest in this? Like, Mm -hmm. am I willing to give, what does investment look like to me? Yeah. And am I willing to go down that road? Or am I just fucking right now? Or we just, this is something, you know, I'm not trying to get married. I'm just dating. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? And that's cool too. But just be honest with yourself. Because basically when you're just dating, then breakup should not be that dramatic. Yeah. (laughs) Really. It's like, are we clear on what this is? If we not, Mm -hmm. then maybe we shouldn't be doing it. But I just remembered my point, and I wrote it down so I remember, (laughs) in regards to strategy and and the actual act of breaking up. I think one of the biggest mistakes I've made in my life, and I've observed others um, make, especially when friends call me during breakups and we trying to, you know, make sure you're okay as a friend and everything. But I'm the friend that's like, can you stop saying what she's doing? You can tell me what you're doing. So it's like... When most time when you are even thinking about breaking up with someone, you're thinking in the context of what this person has either done to me or has not done for me. Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah. And so when you actually open your mouth to break up, you use a lot of you did this and, you know, you never did this or mm-hmm. you don't give me enough of this. Right. You have to change that pro- that that into I all the time. Mm-hmm. It's like, and, and, and it's hard because it's like, what you're doing is you're taking, um, you're taking responsibility for your part and you coming to this decision Yeah, and it allows that person to say, okay, that's how you're feeling. Mm-hmm. Then I can think about what my part is in this. Yeah. But as soon as you say, you ain't do this, you ain't doing enough of this. People are going to go to automatic defense, defense. and what yep. happens is whatever, whatever they have been holding back themselves is going to blow the fuck up. Yep. <laughs> I mean, fire. And so whatever their knee jerk, what they do, people revert to their knee jerk instance. It can be violent sometimes, mm-hmm. especially if it depends on how much they had pent up. It can be a, a, a verbally violent reaction, sometimes a physically violent reaction or over the top drama in public reaction yeah. or, you know, trying to create drama in the community reaction where a lot of times you can circumvent this by saying, I'll use myself as an example and how I probably would have done it different. I had an ex where I was feeling like the relationship was, was, was dark, was becoming dark. And I was increasingly feeling removed from the, like she basically didn't, she don't, you know, and I, I was worrying for her, but I also felt like I couldn't live with it anymore. Mm-hmm. You know, I felt like I couldn't do anything to even help the situation. So I decided <laughs> to end the relationship. And I use you instead of I. Now, I, if I would have, if I could go back in time, it's like right now. Um, yeah, I had never really had to think about this. So I'm trying to re- reverse what I did. Um, mm-hmm. I, <laughs> you know, it's like um, right now um, I'm feeling like I'm not able to support you because I wasn't. Now, I could have said, you're not giving me what I need to support you. That is a truth, too. But at the end of the day, I'm not able to support you and what, you know, um, I'm, I'm seeing. You know, um, I don't understand. I would like to understand. Can you help me understand? 
you know, because I feel like I'm not able to be your partner. I don't have the tools to be your partner. Mm. What can we do? Now, maybe at the point of this, you may just be over it too. And sometimes you just want to escape and you don't want to help it no more. That's fair enough too. But you'd be surprised when you just start with what, you, you know, the I, I, I as opposed to you, 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 mm-hmm. <laughs> that it can open up, it can turn the conversation in a different direction or it can reveal what's what, you know what I mean? Um, but I think it's a, it's a safer, more incis- in, in, incisive uh, uh, um, route in breaking up and can maybe avoid these knee-jerk reactions, um, these kind of volatile reactions when that person might have been pent up with some stuff um, as well. Really saying, um, I'm feeling this way. I don't understand you know, the, what's going on where I'm feeling this way, but I don't want to feel this way with you. Mm-hmm. So what can, you know what I mean? Like with yeah. that, that it's a whole different tone. And even sometimes you might've went in there thinking, fuck it, I'm breaking up with this bitch. <laughs> <laughs> but, but you're, but you're, but you're, you're approaching it now, you know, letting her know your vulnerability in, in this relationship, mm-hmm. you know, so it, it changes the context of the conversation and maybe you may get a different outcome than you initially went into it. Um, assuming it was going to be, you know, and you also disarm that kind of child, like um, knee jerk reaction that every one of us have when we feel like our voice hasn't been heard, you know, or, you know, or you just been holding back and not really talking about shit. And then now Mm -hmm. someone's accusing you of shit, but you haven't been able to say your piece. You know what I mean? That's why you cannot start a breakup with you. Mm-hmm. You know, or or God forbid, fuck you. <laughs> you know what I mean? Because if you're mad at that point where you're mad, you know what I mean? Like you should have broke up a long time ago, mm-hmm. which is another thing. When do you break up? Yeah. Timing is, is crucial. Ooh. So I, 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 mm, I guess the, the worst breakup was not the one where she didn't want to talk to me. Mm. <laughs> I get like thinking now, um, I did have a relationship where I stayed way too long. Mm. Like I had a relationship where I stayed way longer than I should have and dealt with a lot more than I should have. And so by the time, um, by the time there was the breakup, like we, we broke it up. Like (laughs) we broke it up. We broke it down. Like it was broken dishes. Like, <laughs> and my best friend was just like, you know what? Just it's it's time for you to just go in there and break the dishes and blah 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 and just forget it, like let it go. And one day, I, I literally I went in the kitchen, I caught myself on wash the dishes, and I just started throwing them in the trash. Wow. I just started like. It wasn't even that we had anything. Like I woke up one day and was just like, oh my God, like, who am I? What What am I doing? What have I become? And mm. I literally, like physically, she was like, I didn't mean do it for real. Like, <laughs> I literally like, that's that's the time when the, when their, the elders came with the truck. Everybody knew I had stayed too long. Everybody knew that I was that I was literally like wasting away in this mm-hmm. like emotionally like traumatic relationship that I would not allow myself to let go of. And mm-hmm. that for me, like <laughs> when I when I left that relationship, like I literally started to like put on weight. Like <laughs> 
like I, I could eat again. Like I was like mm. alive again, like mm. letting go of that relationship. Like I literally was reanimating mm-hmm. <laughs> in the mm-hmm. world because I have really allowed it to, to get that bad. Like breaking up sometimes is not the worst thing you could do. <laughs> oh, no, 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 no. I don't think I don't think neither one of us is saying that breakups mm-hmm. is something that's what you want to avoid. Sometimes you do need to break up. Yeah. You two are not right for each other right now. And though maybe one partner may have issues that is like, you know, it's unacceptable and you got caught up in the middle of that. But like we've said many episodes before, you allowed yourself to stay as long as you did. Mm-hmm. So you need to allow yourself. Well, first, forgive yourself. Cause this, I've been in relationships where I say, you know what? Before I go off on someone or before I stay in a space where I'm just pissed at someone, I need to forgive myself mm-hmm. for, because really that's where your anger comes from. You allow someone to talk to you in a certain way. You allow yeah. someone to do something to you. You allow someone to deprive you of something, you know, and so you're angry with yourself mm-hmm. for not reacting in the way that you theoretically should have. Yeah. So you got to forgive yourself. And when you forgive yourself, then you can actually approach breaking up with um, someone. And still, it's not about trying to tell them about themselves because maybe that ain't your job. Mm-hmm. Maybe their their wounds are, like we, I say all the time, before and beyond you and you ain't no psychiatrist. Right. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? <laughs> but most people, the way they the way they react in the breakup is, I think, and again, I'm not a psychologist, but I'm just going from my own experience, is a direct reflection of how they their experience being raised, Mm -hmm. you know, and because when you're a child, you don't really have a voice. So you are like, you know, whatever parents or bullies or siblings or anyone who was in your life as a child, you know, um, knowingly or not did something to, I don't mean like molestation. I mean, that can be a part of it too, but Mm -hmm. you know, put on you as a child and you were powerless to say something or do something back. A lot of that is, is winds up coming out when someone kind of presses you against the wall, it's like, we're over. And it's because of you. Mm. You know what I mean? And then yeah. so we come out swinging, because now we adult, we can come out swinging, but we're swinging like a child. Yeah. Like we in a windmill, you know, making a windmill, <laughs> windmill mm-hmm. fight. You know what I mean? Like <laughs> as a kid, it's like, it's all no, no, no clear intention or direction of the fist, the way it's going, it's just flying. Mm, <laughs> and then that's, it's real though. It's real though. Cause I know, I, I like what you said, I didn't recognize myself you know, when it comes to the breakup, because I reacted in this court, like, where the hell is all this anger in where I didn't really see myself as an angry person? It's because yeah. as a child, I felt voiceless. No one's particular fault. Like, you know, you you have your, you get, you get, you get the cards you get. Yeah. And your parents do the best they can. You know what I'm saying? No, no parent is perfect. No family is perfect. No environment is perfect. So you cope as a kid. But the thing is, when you become an adult and you're in a context where somewhere it's, Someone who you're investing your love, you know, you're trying to love and be with, those intimate feelings are very connected to your core. Like, you know, everyone wants to be loved. Every child wants to be loved, mm-hmm. you know? And so, yeah, so it really, you know, it's hard to avoid. You're still going to, you know, Maggie, you're still going to have relationships that, you know, either you or they are going to break up. You're going to break up. And it's not going to look cute all the time, you know? Um, but you can do your part in making sure that once you're out of it, mm-hmm. <laughs> once you escape it, one, you know, um, if it is a bad breakup, you know, and no one likes that because it takes a while to get over it. It's like, oh, God, that was a lot, yo. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know what I mean? Um, you, I think for me, the best healing is me just meditating on me. 
How can I avoid this in the future? How, what was my part in this? What didn't I give myself to be a better partner in this? Mm -hmm. To myself, if anything. <laughs> you know what I mean? Um, because if you stay on this person crazy, or damn, why she break? Why she blow the fuck up like that? She got her fucking mind. Da 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 da. You you doing everything that you should not be. Oh, you doing everything yeah, you're gonna that all of the, the you gonna miss all the you should learn. Yeah, all the benefits mm -hmm. of being in a relationship is learning from people and and being challenged. Even if they don't even think they're challenging you, being when you're in a person that was raised complete. When you're in a relationship with someone who was everyone was raised differently for the most part. Yeah. You know, so when you get in a relationship, you are not just getting in a relationship with that person. You're getting a relationship with everything they've experienced in life before you. Okay. So your job as a partner is to excavate as much as that as possible. See what of that you can fuck with. Mm -hmm. What of that challenges you and helps you grow. And what of it is like, uh-uh, can't fuck with that until you fix that. And yeah. if I can't help you with that, you have to take it upon yourself to do that. And if you see you're not in a place to do that, then I will support you other ways, but I will not support by being your girlfriend yeah. <laughs> or your boyfriend. <laughs> mm -hmm. You know what I mean? So it's, I mean, look, it's a quagmire of craziness. You know what I mean? But and there is no black and white answer to this. Right. But most and each of it, breakup it, is going to be completely different with each. Completely. Completely. <laughs> you know? Completely. But you get something from every single one of them. Mm-hmm. As long as you're willing to see it, you know what I mean, um, and and they all you know compound those experiences that you're able to take away from each relationship, mm -hmm. you know, and archive in your in your in the back of your head, like okay, all right, don't do that again. But that all is a gift because what it's doing is preparing you for whoever is going to be, if you believe in soulmates and all that. But whoever it is you are going to commit to, whether it's one or multiple partners, you'll learn how to better do that over time. As long as every relationship you get out of, you take something away from it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Get your party gift, girl. <laughs> <laughs> I think one thing too, like my, my final thought on, on breakups. Mm -hmm. Um, I always thought it was ridiculous. I just it was just one of those notions that I saw in other people that I was like, I absolutely will not allow myself to do this. Like mm. thinking because somebody is not going to be with you that like mm like the it's the end of the world in in any kind of way there are mm. 72 well i don't know 8 billion trillion people in the world <laughs> like there are plenty of other options in the world like there are plenty of people who can match and and, and mesh and and go well together like this one person does not have to be the one mm -hmm. you can find another one like <laughs> you can find it's another one this afternoon, like after the breakup. Like, so mm -hmm. because sometimes we put so much pressure on partnering. Like we put so much on like this person is my self-affirmation through partners. Yes. My, yeah. Stop. This that. person is my affirmation. Stop that. Like, yes. Stop defining yourself by that, that person or that relationship. And then you can see through like your life with or without that partner, like a lot easier. Like that, it's yes. really literally just that, like someone who you are experiencing your life with, like mm -hmm. that person can change. You can have other friends in that spot, family members. You can have a lot of other options for that day. Like, please, like <laughs> people get into really serious things. Like, 
I mean, like violence and all types of stuff because they can't emotionally manage separation. Okay, I got to speak to that just a little bit um, because I found myself only one time and I was young where I, after she broke up with me, I stalked her a little bit and I could not, even though my my intellect was like, bitch, what are you doing? Mm -hmm. The emotional part of me couldn't accept, I couldn't deal with the separation of it and I couldn't accept that I too knew the relationship was not, I wasn't being pleased in the relationship but I couldn't grapple with, I couldn't be honest with myself. So it was easier to kind of stay in this space of, why ain't you with me? Why ain't you with me? And then I like hear that she's with someone else. I'm literally, bitch, I was in the bushes. Mm -hmm. Okay. Looking, yeah. <laughs> looking with bifocals, uh, not bifocals, uh, binoculars. <laughs> <laughs> you know, because I needed to see who this other woman was. I needed to see who you know, took you away from me or was better than me. And it's like, mm -hmm. it ain't had nothing to do with me. Yeah. You know what I mean? And that's real. And like, you will find yourself being a crazy person if you don't sit your ass down and just yeah. sit with the goddamn pain. Mm -hmm. Sit with it, find a, a, a padded room, go to the gym and beat up on a, a punch bag or something. You, your body literally needs to get rid of all of that woe is me. Mm -hmm. I'm fucked up. She fucked up with all of that. So you can just sit with the pain. You can't get rid of the pain. You're a human being. When when someone hurts your feelings or all that, I mean, it's just a part of life. It, yes, it's not cute. And it ha it will happen to you to the day you, you out of here. Mm-hmm. I don't care if you married for twenty some odd years. Even your 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 husband or your wife will hurt your feelings every now and then. Yeah, you know what I'm saying. And it's like you got to sit with the pain because if you don't, you're not gonna you're not gonna react to it. You're not gonna get the gifts from it. You're not going to be able to use however that made you feel feel in the relationship to make the relationship better because you haven't even sat to what that pain actually is. And all this is someone pushed that button that again was before and beyond them. Mm -hmm. They pushed the button and they pushed it hard. Right. And they didn't know that they was even pushing that button half the time. Right. When someone's breaking up with you, they don't know they pushing your buttons. Yeah. <laughs> you know, they just want you out. Mm -hmm. <laughs> you know, they ain't yeah. thinking about your well-being per se, which, you know, that is what it is. But, you know, so if you don't sit with the pain of someone breaking up with you, or maybe how, in sometimes even my case, when I've broken up with someone, really taking on their pain as well. Yeah. Or what did I do to that person? Or and then sometimes community can't mind their own fucking business. Why you do that to her? Like you know, you need to shut the fuck up. Mm -hmm. Let me. That's can we just end on that, Ray? Uh, 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 Ray. Red. <laughs> <laughs> well, I did. Community, say. huh? Yeah. I'm sorry. Say say what you're gonna say. I just want to end on that, dog. No, along with what you're saying, you got to deal with whatever that that stuff is that's before and allow people to separate from you too. Mm -hmm. Like you got to stop trying to hold on to people that's not trying to be with you and keeping them there out of guilt, keeping them there out of fear, keeping them mm -hmm. there, there out of obligation. Like mm -hmm. you got to like deal with whatever your um, issues of abandonment or feeling good enough or what all of that stuff, you know, that came long before this relationship so that people don't have to do so much <laughs> <laughs> go so far to be able to get out of this relationship with you also. And then the friendship, but, the friend. <laughs> and exactly. Community, 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 friends of friends, mm -hmm. friends of people who are going through breakups. 
Yes, support your friend in her tears, in his tears, um, and all of those that messed upness. And but I don't care how close y'all are, how long y'all been friends, they are only telling you one side of the story. Yeah, that's that's just by default. Just know that and accept that you are there to support them while they boohoo. Yeah. You know, make sure that they don't they don't beat themselves up too much. Like, hey, remind yeah. them how beautiful they are as a person. That's what you do as a friend. But what you best not do is shit on that partner yeah, and, and thinking that you helping that person. All you're doing is prolonging that that painful quagmire that you really don't know shit about. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Continue. Continue. You were there to strengthen your friend and support her and or him and making sure that they feel affirmed that, to help so they can move on. But if you keep prolonging yeah, that bitch ain't shit and fuck that and mm-hmm. what the fuck are you gonna go with let's go let's roll yo everybody up in the van let's roll and beat that bitch i mean now that's taking it but when right, you're young right. you do stupid shit like that but <laughs> you know but you know like oh yes right girl she ain't shit she should have you know i saw her and she cheated on you fuck that bitch no you allowed you didn't <laughs> i'm sorry I, you know it's, it's weird using the word allowed because it's not trying to make the victim a victim especially if it's a bad situation but where community can really come in it's like okay this person was abusive to you, whether it was verbally, the way they conducted themselves, or physically. You know, and and looking from the outside, most people are like, damn, that bitch is fucked up. All right. But you as a friend, what I learned to do this as a friend is say, Okay, you're out of the relationship. Part of you still attached to the relationship. What is that? Let's unpack that. Mm-hmm. Cause I want as a friend for you that when you are able to move on from this homie and go into the next one, I don't want to be having the same conversation. Right. <laughs> okay, when when you wind up with the same bitch again, but in different skin, you know what I mean? That's what you do as a community. That's what you. That's what a friend is. Yeah. Okay. I'm just saying. I just wanted to say that because we do that all the time, and we are not being helpful because we don't know the all the key. Right. And we're not willing to see our friends as just as vulnerable people too, who let who for whatever needs or whatever things we're used to, we let motherfuckers do shit to us. Mm-hmm. We don't set them boundaries early on. Or yeah. even as a friend inconvenient, you know, it's hard to kind of talk to your friends when they in a new relationship and they don't want to hear shit. Right. But if you see shit, find a way to say, hey, look at that red flag, homie. Woohoo! Like, mm-hmm. <laughs> you okay with that? You sure? Because you know with that last relationship, that same shit happened. I'm right. just saying. Yeah, yeah. I'm supporting y'all. Ain't nothing happened. I'm just saying. You know, that's what we do as community. Not Absolutely. like be an echo chamber of someone's pain. <laughs> you right. know, amplifying okay. it and blowing it up. <laughs> exactly, and sometimes making it more than what the hell it is. Because we all love the drama. We all love to see mm-hmm. a fight at school. You know what I mean? Yeah. So come on, come on, y'all. All right. Um, cool. Yeah. Thank you so much, Maggie. For mm, thank for you, Maggie. I hope that's. I hope that helped that's in some way crazy. to give you clarity and moving forward. Um, yeah. Yeah. Wonderful. And if any of you all have questions or situations that you need some clarity with like Maggie did, you can write us at yougayaunties at gmail.com or you can contact us on the gram <laughs> um, Also, if you'd like to support us, you can do so in um, emotional ways as well as monetarily. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, I'm sorry, Red. I'm, I wanted to also put something out there because it's something I've been wanting to say. Um, 
Another way that you can support us, if you are a young person who enjoys media, who is in communications, maybe you're in school with communications or media and you enjoy uh, or you want to be involved literally with the po podcast, one thing you can really help with, you might, you guys might have noticed um, two things, actually. One is um, when I, we first started the podcast, I would take an episode, kind of find excerpts and put it up there. My time is limited, so you might have noticed that, oh, she ain't putting the excerpts up there. You know, I can do it when I can, but a lot of you might have seen that I'm not doing it as much. Um, I would love, uh, uh, if you want to be an intern for a little bit, <laughs> and, I mean, and it's something you can, you, you just want to be the first to hear what the episode is and kind of take the, the nice little minute uh, Instagram bits out and make those for us. Um, it doesn't take necessarily that long. It is fun to do, but for me, it is a time issue. Um, we would love for you um, to be a part of our team and really help this, um, uh, be able to give the best content we can to you guys to help promote um, the show and what um, we're doing here. So you can holler at us again at yourgayaunties at gmail.com for that. And another way you can also help us is your gay aunties don't know everything because you know what? We are of another generation. Mm -hmm. um, <laughs> so if there are current affair uh, stories that you feel is pertinent to you that's out there that we just ain't got a whiff of, you know, yet, um, and that you want us to talk, you want to maybe understand it better through our perspective, please holla um, at us again and just, you know, slip us a link with a sentence about what you think it is and what your question's about it um, at yourgayaunties at gmail.com. But we definitely uh, could use uh, further support. I literally, you know, on hands um, support so we can give you the best content that we can. Yay. And with that being said, lovelies, my name is Anita Walida. And I am Red Summer. And we are your gay auntie. Later. Bye. <laughs>